Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 2. Where Angels Fear to Tread by E. M. Forster. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. To find out more, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Where Angels Fear to Tread by E. M. Forster. Chapter 2 When the bewildered tourist alights at the station of Monteriano, he finds himself in the middle of the country. There are a few houses round the railway, and many more dotted over the plain and the slopes of the hills. But of a town, medieval or otherwise, not the slightest sign. He must take what is suitably termed el leño, a piece of wood, and drive up eight miles of excellent road into the Middle Ages. For it is impossible, as well as sacrilegious, to be as quick as Baedeker. It was three in the afternoon when Philip left the realms of common sense. He was so weary with travelling that he had fallen asleep in the train. His fellow passengers had the usual Italian gift of divination, and when Monteriano came they knew he wanted to go there, and dropped him out. His feet sank into the hot asphalt of the platform, and in a dream he watched the train depart, while the porter, who ought to have been carrying his bag, ran up the line playing touch you last with the guard. Alas, he was in no humour for Italy. Bargaining for Elenio bored him unutterably. The man asked six lira, and though Philip knew that for eight miles it should scarcely be more than four, yet he was about to give what he was asked, and so make the man discontented and unhappy for the rest of the day. He was saved from this social blunder by loud shouts, and looking up the road saw one cracking his whip and waving his reins, and driving two horses furiously, and behind him there appeared the swaying figure of a woman, holding starfish fashion onto anything she could touch. It was Miss Abbott who had just received his letter from Milan, announcing the time of his arrival, and had hurried down to meet him. He had known Miss Abbott for years, and had never had much opinion about her one way or the other. She was good, quiet, dull, and amiable, and young only because she was twenty-three. There was nothing in her appearance or manner to suggest the fire of youth. All her life had been spent at Sawston with a dull and amiable father, and her pleasant, pallid face, bent on some respectable charity, was a familiar object of the Sawston streets. Why she had ever wished to leave them was surprising. But as she truly said, "'I am John Bull to the backbone, yet I do want to see Italy just once. Everybody says it's marvellous, and that one gets no idea of it from books at all.' The curate suggested that a year was a long time, and Miss Abbott— with decorous playfulness, answered him, "'Oh, but you must let me have my fling. I promise to have it once and once only. It will give me things to think about and talk about for the rest of my life.' The curate had consented, so had Mr. Abbott, and here she was in Elenio, solitary, dusty, frightened, with as much to answer and to answer for as the most dashing adventurous could desire. They shook hands without speaking. She made room for Philip and his luggage— amidst the loud indignation of the unsuccessful driver, whom it required the combined eloquence of the station-master and the station-beggar to confute. The silence was prolonged until they started. 
For three days he had been considering what he should do, and still more what he should say. He had invented a dozen imaginary conversations, in all of which his logic and eloquence procured him certain victory. But how to begin? He was in the enemy's country, and everything, the hot sun, the cold air behind the heat, the endless rows of olive trees, regularly yet mysterious, seemed hostile to the placid atmosphere of Sawston in which his thoughts took birth. At the outset he made one great concession. If the match was really suitable, and Lilia were bent on it, he would give in, and trust to his influence with his mother to set things right. He would not have made the concession in England, but here in Italy Lilia, however willful and silly, was at all events growing to be a human being. "'Are we to talk it over now?' he asked. "'Certainly, please,' said Miss Abbott in great agitation, "'if you will be so very kind.' "'Then how long has she been engaged?' Her face was that of a perfect fool, a fool in terror. "'A short time, quite a short time,' she stammered, as if the shortness of the time would reassure him. "'I should like to know how long, if you can remember.' She entered into elaborate calculations on her fingers. "'Exactly eleven days,' she said at last. "'How long have you been here?' More calculations while he tapped irritably with his foot. "'Close on three weeks. "'Did you know him before you came?' "'No. "'Oh, who is he? "'A native of the place.' The second silence took place. They had left the plain now and were climbing up the outposts of the hills, the olive-trees still accompanying. The driver, a jolly fat man, had got out to ease the horses and was walking by the side of the carriage. "'I understood they met at the hotel. "'It was a mistake of Mrs. Theobald's.' I also understand that he is a member of the Italian nobility. She did not reply. May I be told his name? Miss Abbott whispered, Carella. But the driver heard her, and a grin split over his face. The engagement must be known already. Carella, Conti, or Marchese, or what? Signor, said Miss Abbott, and looked helplessly aside. Perhaps I bore you with these questions. If so, I will stop. "'Oh, no, please, not at all. I am here, my own idea, to give all information which you very naturally, and to see if somehow. Please ask anything you like. Then how old is he? Oh, quite young. Twenty-one, I believe.' There burst from Philip the exclamation, "'Good Lord!' "'Wood would never believe it,' said Miss Abbott, flushing. "'He looks much older.' "'And is he good-looking?' he asked with gathering sarcasm. She became decisive. Very good-looking. All his features are good, and he is well-built, though I dare say English standards would find him too short. Philip, whose one physical advantage was his height, felt annoyed at her implied indifference to it. "'May I conclude that you like him?' She replied decisively again. "'As far as I have seen him, I do.' At that moment the carriage entered a little wood, which lay brown and sombre across the cultivated hill. The trees of the wood were small and leafless, but noticeable for this, that their stems stood in violets as rocks stand in the summer sea. There are such violets in England, but not many. Nor are there so many in art, for no painter has the courage. The cart-ruts were channels, the hollow lagoons. Even the dry, white margin of the road was splashed like a causeway soon to be submerged under the advancing tide of spring. Philip paid no attention at the time. He was thinking what to say next. But his eyes had registered the beauty, and next March he did not forget that the road to Monteriano must traverse innumerable flowers. 
"'As far as I have seen him, I do like him,' repeated Miss Abbott after a pause. He thought she sounded a little defiant and crushed her at once. "'What is he, please? You haven't told me that. What's his position?' She opened her mouth to speak, and no sound came from it. Philip waited patiently. She tried to be audacious and failed pitiably. "'No position at all. He is kicking his heels, as my father would say. You see, he has only just finished his military service.' "'As a private?' "'I suppose so. There is general conscription. "'He was in the Bersaglieri, I think. Isn't that the crack regiment?' "'The men in it must be short and broad. They must also be able to walk six miles an hour.' She looked at him wildly, not understanding all that he said, but feeling that he was very clever. Then she continued her defence of Signor Carella. "'And now, like most young men, he is out looking for something to do.' Meanwhile, meanwhile, like most young men, he lives with his people, father, mother, two sisters, and a tiny tot of a brother. There was a grating sprightliness about her that drove him nearly mad. He determined to silence her at last. One more question, and only one more. What is his father? His father, said Miss Abbott. Well, I don't suppose you'll think it a good match, but that's not the point. I mean, the point is not... I mean that social differences, love, after all, not but what I... Philip ground his teeth together and said nothing. Gentlemen sometimes judge hardly, but I feel that you, and at all events your mother, so really good in every sense, so really unworldly, after all, love marriages are made in heaven. Yes, Miss Abbott, I know, but I am anxious to hear heaven's choice. You arouse my curiosity. Is my sister-in-law to marry an angel?' "'Mr. Harriton, don't. Please, Mr. Harriton. A dentist. His father's a dentist.' Philip gave a cry of personal disgust and pain. He shuddered all over and edged away from his companion. "'A dentist! A dentist at Monteriano! A dentist in Fairyland! False teeth and laughing gas and the tilting chair at a place which knew the Etruscan League and the Pax Romana!' and Alaric himself, and the Countess Matilda, and the Middle Ages, all fighting in holiness, and the Renaissance, all fighting in beauty. He thought of Lilia no longer. He was anxious for himself. He feared that romance might die. Romance only dies with life. No pair of pinchers will ever... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.